Roma is steakhouse, Romo is football. Roma Steakhouse, Romo Football. It's the 1996 made-for-TV movie Generation X this week on Why Do You Know That? Welcome to Why Do You Know That? The party podcast that wants to know why you know so much about a very specific topic. I'm Nadia Osman. I'm Steve Slaga. Hi, Steve. Hi, Nadia. How's your teen? Good. I tie-dyed yesterday. You tie-dyed? I tie-dyed. I bought 10 white, like, they're like headband, head wrap, face mask, like they can be whatever. Like, this is this is similar to one of those where you can just do whatever you want with it. Um, and I was going to tie-dye them, and I did. And the fucking dye rinsed out with the water. Like, it says keep them in dye for 24 hours then rinse them in cold water hold on one uh, he's he's left he's left he's going to go grab whatever he may or may not have successfully it sounds like unsuccessfully tie dyed and he's coming back oh that looks just plain white that is definitely not dyed this this was vibrant you want to know <laughs> Do you see do you see a little bit of a trace of pink there? Yeah. Do you want to know, know what color that was? It was like a bright hot pink. Rich red. It was called rich red. More like poor red, am now, I right? Hold on. Hey oh. All right, goodbye. <laughs> um, you know what though? This is the, here's the thing. Uh, I feel I, like oh, do you have well, let's hear it. when you held up your hand like that in the in the camera, hold up your hand again like this. There's a reflection of a little. Your yeah, right there. Your hand looks blue, oh, almost that, like almost like you have some sort of superpower. Oh, oh my God! You're right. It's so coming turn your from hand the, blue. The microphone uh, light. Oh, I thought oh. you were a mutant. <gasps> like an X Men. Yes. Like or maybe, adjacent. Or, <laughs> but not like a good X Men. Not no, no, not a main X Men. Not somebody who has like Cyclops powers or can make a storm. Something that's closer to like uh, a group of young mutants that uh, are. How would we define that? A generation, Generation X. There we go. We got that's the segular going off. We're gonna bring in our guest. You know oh him. <laughs> you know him from UCB and from Drag Around Los Angeles as Anita Tension. Please welcome Kyle Kasabian. Hello, hello. That segue was terrible. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Fifty-three episodes, and finally, a guest is honest about it. I know. Not so sick of everyone head. being like, oh, "Wow, you really." Uh, you really uh, forced that, huh? You really, <laughs> you really made me sit here awkwardly for a while. Thank we've, you. You know what? I was going to say we've never said that those are good. We have occasionally come up with a good one, but we never plan it and we never think about it. And no. it, it usually comes out the way it just did right now. Yeah. Anyway, hi, how are you, Kyle? That's, I'm great. I'm also not, uh, not judgmental of your segues. I tend to just barrel into whatever topic is next with zero tact. So <laughs> an attempt is mind-blowing to me. Welcome to podcasting. Thank you for having me. Of course. How's your, how's your corona um, season? It's, it's fine. Uh, I had a salad today. From where? Uh, uh, I I made it myself. Oh, I didn't some, even think about that. For Out of some... Uh, some sp- was 
spring mix. Yeah, spring okay. mix of greens that I got from my local pavilions and um, put those in a bowl with some cucumbers and some other veggies. Did we and, do uh, like a, a dressing, a vinaigrette? A... I have like some avocado oil and I put okay. that on it. And then like I put some seasoning on there because I watched a video that was like, hey, season your salads. And I did and it was great. Yeah. Yeah. I watched a video yeah. on how to tie dye and I was left <laughs> in the lurch. <laughs> you tried though. You tried. That's the thing. We're all trying things during this uh this corona season. This exactly. first round, as it were. Because I'm so yeah. convinced this is just gonna keep happening forever and ever. Oh, this is for sure. Yeah. Gonna be. It's almost yeah. like um it's almost like this COVID nineteen is just like it's almost like a a pilot for like a series of uh, mm -hmm. pandemics. Although maybe we'll be lucky and it's just a, a one-time special. All right, sure. We're getting back on topic. So today we're going to be talking about Generation X, which is a television pilot that aired on Fox in February of 1996. So, before superhero films were a thing, really, before the MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe, before any of that shit happened, there was this. Kyle, why do you know that? <laughs> well, like you mentioned, this was the before time, before um, Marvel was printing their own money. Um, I, <laughs> I was a, um, a little boy in, uh, in the 90s, just ingesting comic books and hoping just itching for to see them to see any of these characters occurring in real life and uh back then you just sort of took what what you got and what we got at that moment was generation x um <laughs> it's uh it's based off of a at the time it was like a fairly new uh comic book series it was only like two or three years old and it was like um a, a cast of characters that weren't really like the A-list of mutants that were uh, available. And I assume that Fox deemed it less risky to, you know, like if you, if you throw Wolverine on screen and it yeah. goes horribly wrong, then you've sort of doomed any other. You blew your Wolverine wad. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So they were like, okay, well we have this. That property sounds so sexual. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's oh, just you're too sexual of for Hugh me Jackman. To Exactly, yes. yes. Exactly. So Jack if man. Up, <laughs> uh, if they had fucked up, then they would have. We wouldn't have ever received Hugh Jackman running around naked in wait, the woods screaming. Kyle, are you telling me that the most iconic X Men that you couldn't wait to see on your screen as a child were not Banshee and Emma Frost? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I mean. There were probably ones higher on my list, but at the time, I was like, "Fuck yeah, give it Take to me." Take I will, and but there was a character in Generation X that I uh, was excited about seeing because um, she was in the X Men animated series that was popular at the time. And that was Jubilee, and she got the live action treatment at least in this. Um, and she used her powers for maybe three seconds and was uh, played by a white woman. But hey, at at the time we were like. The gang's all here. Let's play. You know what? What you you got mutant representation, and at the time, it was a stepping. Side. No, uh, <laughs> go back. 
Uh, okay, so Jubilee, mm-hmm. Jubilation Lee. Um, so what is her power that we only see for three seconds? What does Jubilation Lee do? Jubilee can fire... Uh, essentially, she shoots fireworks out of her hands. That's, like it, that's it. Hell yeah. Um, and even that was too expensive to do more than once. <laughs> it was far too expensive. So you said you were reading a lot of comic books as a kid. Uh, yes. Was X-Men your favorite series? Or were you a Marvel versus DC? Like, What other comics were you reading at the time for you to get so invested and interested in this specifically? Um, I definitely connected with the, the X-Men as a kid. I think it was just uh, Marvel in, more so in general just because um, it was a tad less grim than uh, DC. I just sort of related to the, the characters more. The X-Men in particular, because like it's just uh I think it's a very thinly veiled um uh what's the word I'm looking for? Um as a gay kid growing up, you see um Yeah, you see the their the others, the 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 know. others, the kids that are that uh they get their superpowers at puberty and then are forced to hide them. Uh, that's something that I connected with. Because that like metaphor of like, you know, found family and, uh, and embracing what makes you different is so prevalent in X-Men. I know comics to, to some degree, and certainly like I know all the basics about X-Men, but I don't know uh, every single character. And in thinking about, like even just in the Avengers. I would say the gays of the MCU are the guardians of the galaxy and that it's like, hey, look at this group right. of cool people. We'll let them sometimes interact, but otherwise they're in space. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're really cool. Let's drop in on them when we need to. They're also otherwise, all over the spectrum. You know, you got a talking yeah. raccoon and his tree friend. Yeah. Like, that's they're a real a- queer group. Yeah, it's not uh, the least queer is Iron Man. Iron Man is so oh, strange. Oh, yeah. He, and he's trained so hard. He's trained so hard to be cool. Oh, no, Hawkeye is, like, very, very... Yeah, Hawkeye and Iron Man and uh, Captain America are probably the straightest. Captain America, though, I don't know. I feel like there's some latent... There's oh. some, There's something under the surface where he's like... You Your know, butt can't be that big without someone eating it on a regular yeah. basis. <laughs> yeah. You're not doing you're not doing those squats for you. <laughs> exactly. I, um so again. We're all eating to- it. It's America's <laughs> ass. <laughs> America runs on Duncan, but <laughs> America's ass. I don't know where this is going. I had it. Th- it was going to go somewhere and then it didn't. Now I'm gonna- Call my ass Duncan because America <laughs> runs on it. There we go. Mm. Thank you. Once that was a deleted me. line of dialogue from Captain America First Avenger. <laughs> Stanley Tucci said that. Yeah. Weirdly. I yeah. don't know why he would say that, but he did. He also said it, he, but he also said it at Hunger Games too, which is even weirder. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't have anything to do with it. And he said it in Julia Julia. I feel like it's just in his contract. Uh, Thor is getting... Pre- the Thor movies, maybe not Thor himself, but the Thor movies are getting pretty gay, I feel. Like, Ragnarok was very mm-hmm. colorful. Um, uh, Valkyrie, openly uh, queer character. She's like... I think she's now leading Asgard. 
Natalie Portman's going to be like girl Thor in the next one. Like, I think Thor is just getting weirder and weirder, which I don't know. The more off kilter uh, uh, a superhero movie, I feel the gayer it is. Yeah, sure. because, it, because gays are weird. <laughs> <laughs> gays want a big swing. You know what makes a lot of big swings? Generation X. There we go. <laughs> yeah. All right. So it's the yeah, spring of 1996. The X-Men at the height of glory, at least commercially, like there's a lot of monthly titles going on. Do you remember which ones you were reading? Because you said that you were not, I don't want to say obsessing, but you were saying, Kyle, that you were getting as many comics as you could get your hands on to read. Well, uh, I was a very young child when this movie aired. So um, I, I assume I saw it maybe like a year later because it was filmed off of like my, I remember my dad taped it when it was on TV. So I don't even know when it was given to me. Uh, I do know that the comics that I was ingesting were also in the same manner. It was just like, whatever is there is given to me. So I was uh, reading a lot of... Um, the Jim Lee X-Men that he was uh, that he was drawing at the time. So I think that was like the main X-Men title. It was the okay. only one that I like really could wrap my uh, very small child brain around. Right. And when yeah. we were small children, basically like that is when CGI sort of first started to happen. Cause you had like Terminator two judgment day and you had Jurassic park and a few other films that really kind of proved, Oh, Hey, you can use this. This can be a thing. We can make this happen in your films. Um, so something that might not have been possible, say things that happen in comic books, suddenly that door is opened. Uh, and boy, boy, did they open it up. They opened that bitch up real wide. So this was, uh, was the, the cartoon was already, the cartoon was like earlier than that, right? Yeah, the cartoon was like popping off at the time. Okay. I feel like it was like running for a few years when this yeah. came out. X-Men was definitely feel like like people were into it. It was the same way that like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were top of mind, like the toys were everywhere. This is a this was it it would mm -hmm. be dumb. You'd be a dumb Hollywood exec to say, get those X-Men away from me because they're clearly popular and they have staying power and the ability to create a franchise and sell even more. Obviously, all this stuff makes sense. And yet, and yet, and, and yet. yet, they couldn't really take the risk on using any of the characters that people knew and liked. So, and also so many of those characters uh, can't, they didn't have the money to even do half of their there are things on TV. So they were just like, oh, I don't know. Maybe one of them's strong. <laughs> uh. Plus, it's, you know, there's something that's like, we think about uh, like the Christopher Reeve Supermans or the Michael Keaton Batmans, right? It's just one mm -hmm. single dude. Each one is, they both have different backstories and they're also like the most popular, right? They are like, everybody knows who Spider-Man is, everybody knows who Batman is. So, even when you have to explain their insane backstories, it's not that insane. When it comes to the X-Men, there are so many of them. And each one has a, you know, each one with a backstory more insane than the last. So if you are like, we need to make sure that we're doing this exactly as it's done in the comics, you have a real risk of 
you know, making your mom who's like already going, who's that? What's, what do they do? Are they, do they have like fire hands? What's up with that? Like you already risk alienating those people. But then if you don't adhere to what's happening in the comics, you end up pissing off the people who actually give a shit about this. Or like the, your, 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 your base, mm-hmm. I should say. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure a lot of people were very upset, but from the perspective of um, a little boy under 10, uh, any whisper of a superpower displayed in front of me made my fucking skull explode. I was so excited to see anything happen. It didn't dawn on me until years later that this was very bad. I genuinely enjoyed this movie. I, I rewatched it tonight and I gotta say, um, still, st- I still don't hate it as much as I probably should. Uh, can you walk us kind of through the basic plot of what happens in Generation X? Yeah. Um, essentially, uh, it's pretty much like Saved by the Bell with superpowers, <laughs> the way that they like the, the cast of characters that they assemble for it. Like some of them are from the comics. Some of them, I think maybe two of them are made up because they were too uh, poor to make them a reality. Um, but pretty much it focuses on uh, two people for the most part, at least for half of it, uh, focuses on Jubilee, who we know from the animated series, and uh, this guy named Skin, whose power is to be very stretchy. Um, <laughs> and mostly follows Skin. So essentially, like, Skin's like, if we're going by, like, Saved by, Saved by the Bell, like, people, Skin's like the screech of the group. Like, he's, like, very, he's solely motiv- motivated by trying to get this girl to, like, hook up with him for the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and is kind of like creepy and lanky and, and weird. Um, but also cute. So he has like a little bit of Zach Morris thrown in the mix. Why not? Um, but there's this school that is, um, it's a secret school that's run for mutants by mutants. And it's like mm-hmm. a, essentially, um, a safe place for them to live and learn how to use their powers. Um, and that is Professor Xavier's School for the Gifted. It is. But is that what it's is, called in this? I think I'm pretty sure it is, but it, he is nowhere to be found uh, in this movie. There's no mention of him. The school is run by one Emma Frost, and uh, yeah, she's, she's the dean, and Professor X is more like you know, he's the president, the, the founder. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like founder. he just he shows up for an occasional gala. He speaks at graduation. <laughs> exactly. He, he receives your diploma in the mail and like he maybe has a stamp with his name that he puts on it or someone uh, puts on for him. Talking about skin and jubilee and their powers, it make it makes me think of a lot of other characters in this show and just like superpower mutant kind of uh things in general, which is there's only maybe five really cool superpowers tops in general at all ever Name and them. So, flight super Great. strength uh-huh. ice fire yeah. invisible yeah all right um and then outside of that like everything else just sounds like a nuisance like i don't <laughs> yeah, want to no, be stretchy <laughs> i've, I've always gross. telepathy is one that okay, makes yeah, me yeah. go like no I don't want to know what anybody's thinking. I already right. think people are thinking the worst about me at all times. I don't need confirmation. 
Maybe Through telepathy that would be maybe because you think people are thinking the worst of you all the time, you should have telepathy. Maybe it would help you to see that people aren't thinking the worst of you all the time. Oh, you're sweet. I'll find a way to turn it around. <laughs> <laughs> um, or like also- firework hands. Great. Cool. When, <laughs> when, when? Uh, when do you uh, want that? What about like chameleon stuff? Like uh, Mystique slash... Uh, oh, yeah, that's crop. probably the coolest. That's what they did, right? They could like turn in... They had like Myst- a... Com- Mystique, yeah, she could take on any form. And Nightcrawler, I think he teleported and had a tail and was like good go. at fighting. Telepo- he was very fast. Teleportation seems like a good one to have. Uh, once you get into stuff like Beast where it's just like, I'm big. Yeah, I'm no blue, thing. smart, and strong. No, thank Not you. stronger than Colossus. Just Not strong. smarter than Professor X. But I'm burly and blue. Then he's just a student athlete. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's it. He's just, he's just a guy that got into a decent college <laughs> on a scholarship. Like, I don't need that. I, can be, I could have done that if I really, really wanted to. I could have like, made my entire high school career about swimming and gotten a scholarship to somewhere to do that. Just saying, I could have been beast. Yeah. I mean, we, I just, all, just, we all could have been beasts. We all could have been beasts. So, like, that one is less interesting to me than, like, some of the other powers. Kyle, if you, like, which ones are the better powers versus the other powers? Um, I, in terms of, like, ranking the powers, I don't, it doesn't really matter to me where they land. All I know is that I would use any and all of them for, uh, like, corny purposes, which is <laughs> what makes me envy the x-men so much for their moral compass because i just i know that i wouldn't be out here saving the world i'd be trying to use them to either pretty much see anyone naked oh for sure Sure. do not give a human being invisibility do not give anybody invisibility you're just asking exactly 80 percent of the time any of my powers whichever even if i even if i woke up and i was beast tomorrow i would find a way to use that uh to to be horny Oh, yeah. Well, you, if you woke up as Beast tomorrow, if I woke up as Beast tomorrow, I'd look at myself in the mirror and I'd get horny for myself because... <laughs> Beast can get it. Yeah, Beast can get it. Yeah. Let me, let me back up for a second. I don't want to be Beast, but do I want to fuck Beast? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, oh, without a doubt. Um, he's, he's very muscular. I'd so like I guess to, to know- answer your question, um, I, I guess coming. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to know how you'd use other superpowers for horniness besides like invisibility. Like, how are yeah, you going like to use flight? Yeah, you're going to fly, fly some, fly to a hookup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, <laughs> stretching. Okay, stretching would be good. Yep. If you were skin, you could get some skin. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. I could high five everyone. Oh, I almost, if I, if I, I were almost skin, walked no. away from the mic. Because I was just like, Steven. well, let's not pretend. Okay, okay, let's not pretend. If you have skin power, the first thing you're like, the first thing you're gonna do is make your dick super long. That's the first thing. You're right. Every, mm-hmm. every, every uh, superpower we would definitely. I I don't even know if that's just you. That might just be a human thing. Of like, it goes through the lens of horny first. Uh, no, what might, about the, it might just be you. What are the <laughs> other characters in their powers? We got M, Buff, Mondo, and Refrax. What do they all do? <laughs> so Refrax is uh, made for the the pilot. He's oh, a, no. um, he's like a knockoff Cyclops, but also 
uh, in Generation X, there's a character named Chamber whose uh, entire like lower half of his face uh, and chest do not exist. They're just like energy shoots out of it. And they were like, that's expensive. Let's give him x-ray vision and make him horny. Uh, so they did that with him. That's his power. He's he's the Zach Morris of the team because he's blonde and horny. Okay, so and that's an obvious connection to make horny. Mm-hmm. You have extra vision. Yeah, you're gonna see people naked. Yeah, and he like some sometimes can shoot things with them, but then like he only uses it to shoot a TV, and then when he's actually in a fight, he uses it to shoot a pipe that will fall on a person as opposed to just shooting the, the villain with his laser beam eyes. That um, is in the trailer for Generation X. Oh, you watched the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I found it and put it on and then decided that I'd rather just have you tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell um, you this. It's no Hug-A-Bunch movie, Nadia. Oh, my God. Uh, the mm, maybe the worst thing I've ever to watch. I, I love you, the Ben. But... Movie twice, but I couldn't even get through Generation X. <laughs> um, I know, I know, plenty of people who are uh, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. So then we've got Buff, Mondo, and M. What okay. do they all do? Uh, Buff is also created for the uh, the movie. She is, um, I assume, to like. Rep- she's there to replace a character named Husk who can tear off her skin. It, as like like a husk and um underneath there's like a new uh type of skin where it's like it's either like metal or whatever what have you and then that's her thing but buff is just really buff but she uh is real self-conscious about it so she's played by uh this um gorgeous thin actress who just wears a lot of bulky sweaters and then there's like one scene where uh, she's like changing and they swap out like a bodybuilder to like see her back. And they're like, ew, disgusting. You're buff. Uh, and that's her thing. It's unfortunate. Uh, yeah. As, I'm trying to figure out the horny connection there. And if you're already disgusted well, by it. The x-ray guy and her are like a, are like a will they, won't they type thing. Okay. He is like super horny for her. And she's like, don't look through my big sweaters. <laughs> You'll see my disgusting buff body. Um, and they, they eventually link up. Um, so those, those are those two. Uh, who else do we, do we have? There's uh, Mondo. M. Oh, there's Mondo. Mondo is like uh, you touch, he can like touch uh, like a rock and then he becomes hard like a rock. That's oh, his yeah. thing. Okay, That's I bet he does. I bet he does. Wink, he's, wink. Uh, know what I mean? Like, He's the jock. He's like this hot dude. So he's like the AC Slater. Um, there's uh, who else? I, that's a cool power. I, I, cool. Think the, I think the Mondo power is pretty cool. To turn Mondo. into a rock? Well, I'm trying to think of any like practical use beyond like touching something hard to become hard. Like, like I'm never going to want to touch jello or water just to like be that. They have a jello joke in the, in the movie. They ask him what happens when he eats Jello, and he's like, "I don't ever eat Jello." Where's the joke? That's it. <laughs> he's like, he's like real upset about. It. He's real defensive. Um, imagine, imagine him showing up to just like some Midwest Catholic fair, like in the basement, where it's just like nothing but Jello casseroles, and he's like, "I don't eat Jello," and then it's just all these 
uh, Karen's getting upset because like, well, wh- like, well, why not? It's delicious. I spent a lot of time on this. I well, use four it, packs. Is it involuntary? Like, can he eat Jello and just not turn into Jello? Like, can he I touch a know. rock and not get hard? I don't know. They're, I sure can't. <laughs> we see. <laughs> yes, I don't know. <laughs> like, it can't be involuntary. I, yeah, I have questions about what's... <laughs> say it again. I'm sorry. Say it again. We see him like interacting with everything, so I assume he can't just. Cause otherwise, he'd just be in a constant state of, "Oh no, I'm I've turned into my shirt that I'm wearing." I don't know. Yeah, that's true. He'd just be shirty the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little less exciting, and also a little less of a turn on if he just keeps turning it. Just re- just whatever he's holding. I'm a fork now. I'm a plate. I'm the cat. I'm whatever. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of, I don't know. I mean, it's better than others. It's better <laughs> than buff. It is better than buff. I mean, buff has a superpower that literally m- most human beings could attain if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's just buff. Uh, <laughs> and then who else is there? Uh, there's, there's M, uh, and her thing is... Very similar to Buff, but she's not Buff. She's just like, her whole thing is she's like perfect. So she can't ever, she's like the perfect like specimen of a person. Like she can't ever, uh, she's super smart and like fast and strong. Can't get sick. Stuff like that. And I mean, that's uh, just not fair. It's not fair. Yeah. Least horny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because if you're just perfect, you don't need that. Either the most horny or she's like able to make herself come instantly whenever she wants. So least horny. Like if you're that perfect, you could just do it whenever, wherever. Mm-hmm. Or you could just like fuck someone to death by being that good at sex. Oh yeah. Ooh. Ha- Is there an X-Men that does that? Uh, Jessica Simpson. <laughs> I'm reading her book and she makes no... She makes it no secret that she is good at and likes a good fuck. <laughs> she makes it known. Where my question ended and where you're... I'm just saying, it, like, that would be, like, she could be considered, yeah. like... Okay, yeah, okay, so Jessica Simpson, the yeah. human. Yeah, Correct. like, in is our... The, oh, is the X-Men that could fuck and then kill somebody through fucking? She could be. Okay. Sexual, right. sexual napalm. Yes. <laughs> That's what John Mayer said. Yeah. Um, he's gross. Ugh, he's very gross. Part. He broke up her marriage with Tony. I don't know if it's Tony Roma or Tony Romo because I can never remember who's the football player and which is the, which is the place you get ribs. Tony Roma <laughs> Tony is Roma. the ribs. Tony Romo is the football guy. Uh, so those, that's basically our, our, our main cast. And then so throughout this TV pilot movie type thing. They're, they're not just like trying to figure out what their new abilities are. They're being uh, haunted by Russell Tresh, mm-hmm. who, has the pa- who uh, is obsessed with the power of dreams. And this guy, what's his deal exactly? He, his whole thing, it's truly, it's so fucking out there and 
barely makes sense the entire time. All right. you know is that he's doing a full-on impression of Jim Carrey in Batman Forever, <laughs> um, which I think came out like a year or two before this, but he's yes. like yeah. going for like full-on doing it. And also that character's storyline in Batman Forever is the exact same thing that he's doing in this, which is like a weird scientist who's like obsessed with getting in people's brains and making them and like controlling their minds through a machine. Um, Okay. But pretty much he has it out for uh, Emma Frost because they used to work together and she didn't let him cut open mutant brains when they were working together because he wanted to learn how to, I guess, get into dreams better. I don't know. It's insane. It's he's played by the guy who was Max Headroom. I would have cast Freddy Krueger. It's a very Freddy Krueger situation as well. It's uh, they're both probably actually yeah. He does say some creepy pedophile-ish things throughout the uh, the movie as well. So I'm uh, sure oh, they end up no. on that. Oh no! Are they worth repeating? Uh. <laughs> No. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like right. you want me to. <laughs> no, no. It's more of a like, is there a particular line that's like, oh, this is so bad it has to be said? Or is it just like, let's oh, no. just it's skip just like, it? Oh, it's, okay. Okay. It's just stuff that makes you go, ooh, no, no, thank you. Yeah. It's very no thank you. Um, and also, just skip it. Um, yeah. Okay. That's fair. Uh, but his whole thing is he like wants revenge on her and is also obsessed with just like controlling brains. Um, yeah. So they imply that all mutants have the ability to like go into people's dreams or have like some type of telepath. It's all very thin and none of it really makes any sense. All we know is that dreams are involved. Okay. Yeah. From what I could gather, basically what it turned out was this guy was saying that uh, he wanted to be able to go into their dreams because they sort of uh, figured out that you could extract psychic abilities from mutants brains via dreams, something like that. That's, that's what I got out of it and wrote in my notes. And then I was like, and then there's 14 question marks after it because I was like, I don't know that I have that right. That's the closest that I came to understanding it. Okay. All right. Uh, So (laughs) basically the whole, the, the, the movie itself is about, them trying to stop this guy. Kinda. Kind like, of. They're like not really aware of what's going on for most of it. Yeah. Until like the last act of the movie. There's some, like he pops into one or two of their dreams and like he helps skin like get a get a date by like getting going into the subconscious of like a girl that he likes. And like leaving, essentially controlling her mind and leaving a suggestion to like agree to date him, yeah, uh, which is oh, which cool. is wrong and bad. Um, but most of it is just these kids, these six kids in this big mansion who all like hate each other. None of them are inherently <laughs> likable. They're all so fucking mean to each other. Um, like one of them gives one of them gives skin like a like a purple nurple and like pulls the skin five inches off his chest. It's oh, no! they're, they're all so mean, and it's a whole mansion. But for some reason, uh, they sleep three to a room, boys and girls. <laughs> are they? Are there more people at the school besides no. the ones that we're following? So this is it. It's just them. 
So who was attending the school prior to them? How well, is there any funding for this school if there are only you. six students? No clue. Um, our way into the school, it's like Jubilee and Skins. Like they're the new kids there. So previously, there uh, were three. <laughs> previously, there were four other students there. That's not enough to start a school. No, that, that's, <laughs> that's that's not enough to home- bring. Yeah. I know homeschools that have more students than that. That's, that's, you know what that is? That's just like cult shit. That's, that's just, just us. Saying, yeah. That's just the children who are born on a commune that then mm-hmm. have to be taught something so that they're not complete idiots. That's what that is. Yeah, pretty much like, like, I don't know how Skin got into that situation. I know that like he gets dropped off or there's a plan for him to go there through his parents. Jubilee like gets arrested and is about to get sent to like a mutant like government camp and they approach her mom and are like hey let us take your kid instead of them taking her and she just like agrees to let these people take her daughter <laughs> and um that's all they know really going into it and they get there and there's four other kids there and they're told it's at the school imagine being in their shoes imagine being like oh. okay it's either the government's gonna take me away or i have to go to a boarding school that i've never heard of that maybe is in massachusetts and no one can really tell or know and then i can't interact with anyone in the town apparently because mm-hmm. the quote townies are gonna make my life hell pretty much very that and also the first night she gets there uh they have they do like little tests by a computer and um make her just completely take off her clothes in front of a screen and they're all still in the room. And like, this is Jubilee? They're like yeah, they're like, we have to do a full body scan and t- they make her take off her clothes and they don't make skin leave the room. There's a room full of strangers and they make her get naked. That's fucked it's up. Sad. Yeah. It's real, it's real fucked up. Um, she should have um, shot fireworks at them in that moment. That's horrifying, though, that they made her do that. And to what end is my question? Like, how is that beneficial to the story? Apart from like, let's just see a, a, a half naked tel- teen on television. That was the. That was it. They wanted to see it like naked teen back. Oh no! No. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, that's always ninety six. That's on. always that's the trope of like where you know, like and like orange is the new black when they go to prison or like whenever you show up somewhere, like you gotta get naked. There's always there's always gotta be a scene where it's like get naked while the people in charge watch. You mm-hmm. have no power here. But actually, they all have powers, superpowers. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like of powers. of all the places for you to not do that and maybe just like offer a choice. This is the place because you don't know exactly what they're capable of and are not in checked. And a lot of isn't the whole point of Xavier's school is to sort of like you're you have these powers. You need to figure out how to use them on top of I guess what would be a normal education. We think, but where is Xavier? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's <laughs> zero mention. There's none other than the name of the school. He's trying to recruit none. more kids to come to this. He slapped his name on that and then left. And he was like, "Okay, I need to figure mm-hmm. out some rich donor that can keep this thing going for another year. Well, Otherwise, it, it my makes taxes are fucked. It makes sense knowing that um, that like they didn't want to waste good X Men on like this low budget." uh tv show like like you were saying earlier and actually 
to that, uh, Roger Corman's production company worked on this, who also worked on the Fantastic Four movie that was straight up made to only retain the rights and not actually be seen. So it's like, I, I wonder if Fox and whatever studios behind this were like, you know what, we just just do something mutant to get the ball rolling. It can be trash. Uh, we'll throw some money at it, but we just, we want to do something mutant, but we don't want to waste the good ones yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and hey, who's, who's good at like something splashy for cheap? Oh, oh, have you heard of the Fantastic Four movie? <laughs> <laughs> I love this conspiracy theory that uh, they're just trying to hold on to things or create something else. So they're going to deliberately tank something in order to make the better thing later. Yeah. It's not a conspiracy. That's what they did. That's what they used to do before they had Marvel Studios. <laughs> yes, but I'm saying that, like, in this case specifically, to get to the point where then, you know, you end up with, when was the first, the Brian, the first Brian Singer one? 98, 99, 2000. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't know what years are. Um, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. What is this thing? Like, truly, what is this disaster? Because I started watching clips of it, and I got so lost. It, um, I mean, you described it perfectly. It is a disaster. Um, (laughs) It's meant to be, like, it's a TV movie, but also somewhat like a backdoor pilot for a thing, maybe. Um, It seems like they just made it to make it and hope Mm -hmm. that they're gaining some sort of interest in seeing mutants on TV. Um, it's pretty and, common for a failed pilot, not so much now because things are different, but it was pretty common for like failed pilots to be repurposed and, and sold as TV movies. A couple years ago, there was a brand new, oh, how exciting, Brian Fuller's bringing back the monsters. It's called Mockingbird Lane. Look at this huge cast. Look at all the money we spent on this pilot. Didn't get picked up. And then a year after that, NBC's like, hey, we have a very special TV movie presentation. And it's like, no, that is a failed pilot that now you're, <laughs> you, just, you just put a bow on it. And that's the same with Generation X. This was a pilot that mm-hmm. didn't go. And then Fox was like, no, 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 TV movie. It's a TV <laughs> movie. Yeah, Please. like Twin Peaks. There you go. Um, yeah, because, I mean, obviously you have the budget constraints of, like, despite the fact that we have CGI, we have CGI for big budgets in the films when it comes to TV pilot and not so much. And, like, the idea of it being a show that you're going to see every week, you need some of these sort of low-concept things. So I can kind of understand where they're like, let's just set it at a school. It's it's the high schoolers, but, you know, it's a special kind of high school. Uh, the th- thing is it's like wh- why choose why do you either why did they decide to choose this series to base it on meaning like th- this group of comics or why not go with something closer to like completely made up so everybody yeah. has the most basic Sh- powers shit or get off the x-men pot basically yeah yeah, yeah. As opposed to this sort of amalgamation where it's like, well, we can't have penance because that's a person who's made of, like, crystal razors. Is that right? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. We can't show that every week. So instead, we'll have the girl with too many sweaters. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. you could have just easily had somebody who, like, you know, flies 
and they're just on strings like fucking yeah peter they made pan. sally feel peter pan they could have made someone fly yeah. <laughs> uh that, it that really feels easy enough it really does read like an executive went to somebody who uh, recently received, their, they just picked up their GED and then Fox executive was like, hey, I want you to do Batman Forever with X-Men. You have 15 minutes. <laughs> no time for, and they're like, let me research. They're like, no time. Go by memory of X-Men and Batman Forever. No, you must. Go. You must do it now. You, it, must, it must be uh, 85% of that plot all of the angles should be slightly askew and um you have to pump neon color into every single frame that's all it's really there is not a singular shot in this movie where the camera is not just gently crooked and there's not a neon light on somebody which was the case with batman and it worked and it made them a lot of money so why not steal it yeah just do what someone else did it's the easiest thing Mm -hmm. Kyle, what do you think is the reasoning behind the choices that they made? Do you think that it's just as simple an answer as they had four hours to do it? Or do you think that these were like active choices that got made for the greater good? Or is it simply that they started with a vision and then budget cut, budget cut, budget cut? Like, what do you think is the reasoning for why we ended up with what we ended up with? Um, I think it's a mix of a lot of those. And I think that at the time... Like the decision to make it more of like in that school environment or more of like a teen drama show with some like action elements is because you can't afford to just have them using their powers all the time or getting in fights every day. Mm-hmm. There needs to be like something that just sort of makes it more of a like a teen drama, which I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I feel it seems like in order to adapt something in general, there needs to be, uh, I like, I'm, I like to think that the, whoever wrote the first draft of this really loved the comic and was like trying their best and then, uh, sold it and then let it go into the wind. And then it turned into all of the things that we see before us where they're like, we can't do that. Let's keep the bones of it, I guess. And right. And sell it as that. So keep I don't know. Keep the bones. I don't, blame them. I don't blame them for it. And I think that uh, everyone was, anyone that was a fan of, of it was absolutely thirsty for whatever they can get their hands on. Yeah. Um, there was like, there's a shot at the end of the pilot where like someone wears like the costume that they wear. When I remember just like, that's the first. That's the first time you've. I think I had ever seen any type of live action X Men thing. Anyone right. in costume, at least. And like I don't know. I it's it probably they probably were just going off of like what will these nerds absolutely cream for? Like what crumbs we can can we give them? <laughs> what like little fucking breadcrumbs can we drop in front of them to make them just at least tune in so uh, we can get a lot of ad revenue right um is there an aesthetic about this that you particularly like because i mean we've talked a little bit about batman forever and how it came out i think in 95 and definitely had an influence and the Mm -hmm. strange shots that get used 
for whatever reason, a lot of green neon and just like bad hair and frosted lipstick and other choices that make you go, huh? Why? What? This doesn't make any sense. Uh, But is there anything about that where you're like, either this holds up, this looks cool, or adversely, like, this is really bad and I still love it? Um, most of, most of, yes, this is really bad and I still love it. Um, there has that, (laughs) that early, that like mid nineties, aesthetic that i really like you mentioned the frosted lipstick um both you know jubilee when you first see her she's got this like neon yellow lipstick on for no reason but it's just like as uh, a young as a young uh gay boy um who would eventually turn to turn to drag later in life that's definitely something that seared into my brain <laughs> emma frost is Emma Frost is wearing silver thigh-high boots and a corset the entire movie. And she's um, supposed to be the dean of the school. She's the dean. She's wearing a corset, <laughs> silver thigh-high boots, and she has the most 90s, like, hard bangs I've ever seen in my life. Yes, and she queen. looks great. She's killing it. She's in drag the whole movie. Would Love you that. consider Emma Frost your drag mother? Um, y- honestly, she's one of them. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would say that. House of um, Frost. House of Frost. Um, they filmed in this incredible uh, castle, like mansion thing that they later went on to use as the X Mansion in the X Men movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I think was is really cool. Um, they were the first to do it, and then someone saw it and was like, "Oh, that works." Or Fox was like, "Hey, we filmed here one time. Let's use this." Yeah, just use the other one. <laughs> I think in Vancouver is what I read. Yes, that's where fo- all of like the Fox Marvel movies um, have been shot in Vancouver, which is like if you watch any of like uh, the shitty Fantastic Four movies or the X-Men movies, they all take place in like the same woods for some reason. There's always like a third act chase scene through the woods of Vancouver because um, Fox loves Vancouver. The woods of Vancouver. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that is a... Horny romance novel, if I ever heard of one. The Woods of Vancouver. Uh-huh. I disagree. The Woods of Vancouver. No, you think, you, that's th- a, you think the Woods of Vancouver sounds horny, Nadia? You no. got to get out of quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you think saying, that sounds you know romantic. What, you know what it is? It's like Bridges of Madison County kind of yes. horny. It's okay, it's yes. a, it's Ooh. not it's not like a bodice ripping Fabio horny. It's like two people yes. who couldn't be together for thirty five years, and yeah. every time they see each other, it's like. Hello, Frederick. Oh, hello, Charlotte. It's it's Meryl Streep taking that phone call in the God. kitchen as she yeah. slowly touches the back of his his shirt as he's sitting yeah. down. Yeah, it's that's that the first ki- contact they make. Yeah, it's. I horny. could go off about Bridges of Madison County. Okay, you, you sold. You sold me. I'm sold. It's it's the kind of horny that makes you so frustrated that you have to then go jerk off halfway through the movie because you're like, someone needs to come. Yeah, just like yeah, can't tell you how many times I've had to. Pause Bridges of Madison County so that I could go jerk off because somebody had to. Well, they're not going to do it, so I guess I'll take up the mantle. Uh. Um, <laughs> what's worse, Generation X or the Fantastic Four oh, movie from uh, the 90s? Fantastic Four. Definite, well, that was oh. very definite. Yeah, so, so that's like so terrible. Yeah, so and and at least in Generation X, uh, Skin has a power that's very similar to Mister Fantastic. Mister mm-hmm. Fantastic's 
and it looks really good for the time. Whereas in the Fantastic Four movie, it's a, a paper mache arm that they like stick in the frame <laughs> when he's Mr. Fantastic's using his powers. So um, it's a lame power to have, but at least it looks better than that. Um, you know, the guy who directed it, Jack Shoulder, also directed Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Oh, oh someone's a, a little dream a boy. Very, a, very, <laughs> a very, a dream boy. And also Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Very, very, the gayest horror movie. Very gay. Very, very gay. Someone Wait. has to come. <laughs> Someone has to come. I think I saw, for, I don't think I saw uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Oh, there's a documentary called Scream Queen about how gay this movie is and how it is like watching it. It's just so clearly uh, the guy, the lead actor is like that character is gay and it is about him coming to terms with his sexuality. And then in the documentary, the guy's like, I had no idea. <laughs> and the, <laughs> and the, the right, he, the, the actor's like, I didn't know. And the, the director's like, uh, the script didn't say he screams like a girl. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is, despite the fact that uh, Generation X is really terrible, do you have like a favorite scene, a favorite part, a favorite character, Kyle? Um, I think, I mean, I was so excited to see Jubilee in the movie, um, even though, uh, she's played by someone who does not look like Jubilee, but that character was always like my favorite on the cartoon. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's a scene where she's introduced like at an arcade fucking up, uh, she like blows up an arcade machine, which is like something that I saw in the cartoon, probably I'm sure the day before I watched it. So that's right. my little mom. And also Emma Frost is the drag queen. So anytime she appears on screen in those silver thigh highs, uh, I let out a gay shriek <laughs> and then put on my own. <laughs> I'm trying to think of how Rue would send Emma Frost home. Oh, fuck. I have to think of a good Rue pun. Miss Frost, your thigh high boots were... <laughs> Help me out, Steve. You're uh, high hype. Oh, uh, Miss Miss Frost, in the challenge, uh, you were cold as ice, but on the runway, you were not so nice. Sorry, you're up for elimination. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Emma Frost. What does Emma Frost do? What's her power again? Uh, she's a telepath, and she can she can turn into diamonds in the comics. And in this case, she's running a school for some reason. Mm-hmm. Emma Frost, in your comics, you turn into diamonds. In this challenge, you turned in crap. <laughs> <laughs> you are doo-doo for the garbage. Sashay away. Ah, <laughs> uh, very good. Um... <laughs> Uh, so something that I, I realized reading this is because he, despite the fact that they fucked up Jubilee big time, it is or was like at that point, like the most ethnically diverse film by Marvel to that date. Um, because you had, uh, skin was played by Hispanic actor and Mondo is played by an African-American actor. And 
I'm just curious as to like how, and there's a couple others whose names I'm forgetting from my notes, but like, what what happened? Why did why was it that like in 1996 they were willing to do this, and then it took so long for them to like come back around to this shit? I mean, again, I'm just going by they were just trying to do Saved by the Bell. I don't think they actually <laughs> cared. I don't think they gave a shit about anything and anyone. I think they were trying to replicate uh, a popular show that was on TV. So it was it? Uh, it was not thoughtful. It was not purposeful. It was not representation matters. It was simply what works. Saved by the Bell, do that. But this I, time they got weird shit coming out of their hands. Yeah. Yeah. I think that if they were thoughtful, they wouldn't have made what they made. <laughs> Um, I like to, like, I would like to, uh, by all means, it, like, I mean, I would like to congratulate them for, for doing that, but, uh, I don't think their hearts are in the right place at all. Yeah. I, well, wait, when did Buffy come out? Buffy came out in 97? End of 97. It was a, yeah, it was a mid-season replacement, so early 97. Early 97, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I was going to say, in an alt-universe somewhere, Buffy comes out first, then they see how successful Buffy is. Then this happens in 98. Then X-Men actually gets to be a good show. Yes or no? Well, Joss Whedon punched up the X-Men script. So I'd say that the success and the TV show Buffy the Vampire Slayer had a hand in making the, uh, the movie version work. Get out of town. Yeah. You know, there's a line in X-Men where uh, Halle Berry says, do you know what happens to a toad when it gets struck by lightning? (laughs) Yeah. Guy gets struck by lightning and she goes, the same thing that happens to anything else. And I remember seeing an interview with Joss Whedon. He's like, that was an aside. It goes, do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? <sighs> Same thing that happens to everything else. He's like, that was the joke. And then they had Halle Berry deliver it. Like, it was this fucking powerful moment. <laughs> anyway, his, like, he was like, that was my big claim to fame with X-Men. I wrote that line. <laughs> Listen, I, I can't believe that uh, that a incredible director like brian singer missed that right <laughs> i can't believe he must have been focused that, on something else that thoughtful thoughtful queer icon brian singer didn't didn't catch nuance it is or, or anything good it is shocking it is shocking he turned a blind ear to quality <laughs> <laughs> to being good Who's to, uh, who's to say how that that pure, unadulterated genius? I'll also say have screwed this up. Uh, I think in terms of like this being one of the first times, or you know, th- there not being a lot of live action. I think besides like the budgetary thing, I think there was also just the idea of like, no, they're comics. It's cartoons, it's animated, it's drawn. That's how it works, mm-hmm. that's how it is. Like, why, why bring them into the world of, uh, of being real people if we can't make it look as good as it looks as, as a comic book? I, so I feel there was never any like, reason to do it or not to do it beyond people just being like, no, why? No, it's a comic book. It's drawings. <laughs> <laughs> it's but, drawings. 
is this for children? How am I supposed to? How am I supposed to cast this person? They're based on drawings. I love how this. (laughs) I love how this executive is uh, Snagglepuss. (laughs) 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 They're drawings, even. Generation X happens, Mm. and then and it kind of dies a very quick and uh, uh, unadorned death. And so then we have the uh, Brian Singer X-Men's and then they do X-Men First Class, which is um, uh, James McAvoy, etc. Which is, you know, let's go back in time and see how they all got to be this way. Mm-hmm. Would they benefit from trying to do a Generation X style movie again? Like if they're going to reboot the X-Men and start over, because wasn't the last one kind of like the end of the, there was a wrap up on this storyline or this franchise. Is it worth revisiting? Well, here's the thing. Currently they, they did do that. There's this movie called the new mutants. that Mm -hmm. um, Essentially it's, it's a similar team. It's like a group of like young mutants um, that this movie like centers around. And Fox made it before, um, before like their entire X Men thing went to shit, and before they were sold. And they've been like the release date for it has moved several times, and maybe it'll get released on demand soon. Yeah. Uh, but they tried, they tried again and it's like sort of like a horror take on it. Yeah. That movie oh. got, that movie got fucked because uh, yeah. When Fox got sold to Disney, Disney was like, well, we're going to do our own X-Men. We're folding them into the MCU. So like this movie you made with other X-Men, we're never going to do anything else with the, with these characters or these people like this. This is not a franchise. This is just a movie that we have and don't want. <laughs> So, because we're going to do our own thing. So, with Disney owning Fox now and sort of having the rights to Marvel and being able to do either a reboot of X Men entirely or folding them into the MCU, what do you hope that they would do with the characters from Generation X? Yeah, what do you and, hope they do with skin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would not care to see any of them, really. <laughs> With the except the few that I would care to see in the the MCU at some point would be Jubilee and Emma Frost. Okay, and I think that's it. Um, who should play them? Who should play them? Wow. Um, honestly, we- uh, in the last few, it sucks because in the last the last two. Actually, I think she did it for two movies, but uh, Lana Condor, who was in uh, To All the Boys I Loved Before, played Jubilee for like mm-hmm. three seconds. Um, and she was great. Um, which I would love to see her do that again. I feel like Jubilee's had like a cameo as a different actress in every mm-hmm. X-Men movie. Like there's always a line of like, hey, Jubilee, hey. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> yeah, she's, it's upsetting. Um but I mean, like, I would love to see her get another crack at it because she was good. Um, and then for for Emma Frost, I don't even. That's, that's it was January tough. Jones. It was in January the most Jones, films, right? Yeah, who like was fine, I guess. She was like kind of. I, I haven't really thought about it. I mean, I think January Jones and the audience both felt the same indifference towards the character of Emma Frost in general because four sequels after that movie and never was 
Emma Frost or January Jones brought back. So I think the general consensus was pass. <laughs> yeah. Um, like we got McAvoy and uh, Magneto. So Emma Frost. And how do you fold Rocks. these characters into like a new thing? Like, how do you introduce them? Do you do sort of like a Guardians of the Galaxy thing where it's like suddenly they're going to somehow they're they're going to have their own story and then be looped into the general uh, rest of the Marvel universe so that they just kind of showed up after all the Avengers stuff happened? Or yeah, maybe. Or they like anything's anything's possible, I guess, when it comes to like they've already dipped their toe into like parallel universes and Mm -hmm. multiverse stuff. Um, It it could be a thing where they've been there the whole time and they've just been laying low because uh, people are afraid of them and hate them. We're Um, not getting involved. I just realized Rosamund, Rosamund Pike. I'd like to see as Emma Frost. There you go. There you go. Um, (laughs) Yes. Yes. She'd be so good. She'd be so good. Uh, But yeah, I don't know. I, I trust. I trust that they will find a cool way to do it because they yeah. uh, haven't sucked yet. In yeah, terms they've, of MCU, so. they've been doing a pretty good job. I think in terms of uh, at least making something that is popcorn entertaining. You know? I have no complaints. I have none, and also like I'm. My perspective is as a person who um, was like a fucking like a gerbil in a cage. Uh, just just gnawing at the little the half the barely filled water bottle for a drop <laughs> of generation x to come out of it like just okay is oh is great for me in terms right. of these characters because i had to sit through um movies like that and like the uh and like movies like blade trinity which we which you have to be like oh fuck thank god thank god this exists and parker posey is taking part in this <laughs> Shitstorm. Um, Parker Posey's in Blade Trinity. Oh, she's the best fucking part of it. She's, she's in Superman Returns, also. Yes, she's the best part of that too. Well, and she's in Scream Three. She's the best, best part, of, part that. of that. Parker Posey is yep. typically the best part of anything because Parky, Parker yes. Posey can do oh no wrong. God. I love Parker Posey. Open invitation to be on our podcast, Parker. <laughs> Oh my God, please, please, please. I love you. Please come on. Um, who, which of the X-Men out of all of them, not just generation X, just fucking sucks. Just fucking sucks. Just fucking sucks, man. I don't like Gambit. I think Gambit's fucking lame as shit. I think he's a relic of the nineties. I think he's just a dude with like, with like uh, a middle part and like he like Are he's like you? a douchebag in a trench coat. Like I don't like that. I think that's lame. He <laughs> you're not horny for Gambit? No, he is a he is a makeshift cool guy. He's he is like Cajun. He is someone who is like <laughs> how what makes a what someone in the nineties who's on in the nineties who's on coke was like, what makes a guy cool? How can I be cool? I don't know, like a Cajun in a trench coat. And he throws cards. And he throw, like he's not cool. He's not. I don't know. I think I just think he he reeks of someone trying too hard. That's how I've always felt about Cyclops. I've always been like, Cyclops, shut up! Like every time, <laughs> every time. 
he's just, every time he's like, I'm going to be the smart guy and talk some sense into what's happening. And I'm like, go away. Well, he no is technically the leader of the X-Men, Nadia. But you yeah, have trouble. You have trouble with authority figures. We Cyclops already know. Is- <laughs> <laughs> Cyclops is supposed to be a narc. Yeah, that's, I guess, what it is. It's just, it's just like, this fucking narc. Every time, just every time, it just makes me upset. When it, and the fact that he's dated Jean Grey, who's like the hottest of them, mm-hmm. like of that like initial main crew, not, not as we expand the universe, but out of that like uh, original whatever eight or so. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Storm's pretty hot too. But for me, it's uh, Iceman. Ice uh, oh, Iceman! Oh. You're gonna you're gonna crap on Gambit <laughs> and then sit here and tell me that Iceman is interesting and cool. Yeah, because there gay are now. so he's really? gay now. Yeah, oh, okay. they made him gay. All right, <laughs> they made him gay, so they really they played up the fact they were like, oh, like he's been a douchebag all this time because uh, he's he's gay and and closeted and hates himself. Oh, cool! So we get to have a coming out story and an asshole uh, guy. Uh, how nice. Yes, he uh, is a top. Um, all right. Uh, he's a little... <laughs> you said asshole guy. I just forget he's He looks guy. like me. I could be Iceman. Well, you gotta pick one. Are you gonna be Snacklepuss or you're gonna be Iceman? Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, no! <laughs> Kyle Kasabian, thank you so much for coming on. Why do you know that? Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm happy to provide information on this thing that means nothing to anybody. <laughs> uh, where can people f- uh, find you online? Uh, I mean, I'm on Instagram and Twitter, uh, barely. <laughs> Nothing matters now, so I don't. Um, <laughs> a- anyone who has a thing to plug at this moment is a fucking sociopath. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask if there's anything you have to plug whatsoever. Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, tell everyone you know every way you know how. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review, and be sure to go back and listen to our older episodes if you missed them. We talked about some weird stuff. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at WhyDoYouKnowThatPod or on Twitter at WhyDoYouKnowPod. They're different. And if you've got questions, comments, concerns, whatever, be sure to email us at WhyDoYouKnowThatPod at gmail.com. Let's do this again sometime. Uh-huh.